What up, my fellow Survivor lovers? Welcome to the Survivor Historian, part of the Challenge Historian podcast feed. I am your host, Jacob Hollaball, and with me as he is every week is the one and only the great and powerful Tony Lance. Tony, how are we doing today? Fantastic. It is Friday, and we have survived the week. We have. It's week one of two weeks of transition, crazy reality television time. Uh, lots and lots going on uh yes. we have a finale air last night and technically the first episode of the new challenge season air earlier this week even though they didn't tell anyone that until like an hour before um shout out to scott yeager for being the only person with screeners <laughs> who is nice enough to like oh, lots of people in the community listen to me i'll let them know that this is a real episode um so yeah lots of challenge stuff going on but of course we are not here to talk about that we're here to talk about survivor which aired episode four of season 45 tonight, had the big tribe swap, had lots of cool new dynamics, lots and lots to talk about before we dive into it. Quick programming notes on all of those challenge-related things we just referenced. My recap of the finale of Challenge USA 2, shout out to Survivor alums, now four for four on the Challenge USA with Chris and Desi bringing home the win. My recap of that is up. You will see it as the previous episode in this feed. Tony, you are talking tomorrow morning, Challenge USA, and that'll be up yeah. on Challenge Fandom over the weekend, correct? Uh, yeah, over the, over the weekend or like super early next week uh, before before the next episode would traditionally air. Yes, wonderful. So check out those if you're Challenge Watchers as well. I've also got my preview up of Challenge 39, and we'll, of course, be covering that Wednesday nights when, as that starts airing next week. And again, if you are someone who watches the challenge and you're not sure that whatever I just referenced like 90 <laughs> seconds ago, the launch episode, premiere episode, preview episode, episode zero, whatever the hell they want to call it, it's a real episode and you need to watch it. So if you missed that, hopefully you, you know, record the show on YouTube like I do or TiVo or something, or I don't know if you go to MTV.com, if you could watch it with the cable login, look it up. If you're a challenge person, you should go watch that. It's going to be very important and apparent that you didn't watch it when it episode one opens with all of them sleeping in the arena and you're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so that's what's coming up on those podcasts in the future. As for tonight, we're sticking to our regular agenda. Episode four, full coverage, front to back, walk through the episode, anything of importance, anything that piqued our interest, we will discuss. Then we'll hand out some awards, update our power rankings and make any predictions or wishes for next week or the rest of the season. Tony, are you ready to go? I am ready. All right, then let's dive in. We will skip right over the very brief 30 seconds of Sean playing nice with Lulu because it ultimately does not matter in a lot of different ways. We go basically immediately to the swap, which they walk up on the beach and it looks like that it might be a challenge of sorts, which I always find fun that they like have it set up to try to, you know, even though they then have the very staged, I thought very staged. Brando, what? point of the game do you feel like we're at feels like a merger or it's tribe swap jeff you're right like that felt really staged to me but i do appreciate that they like tried to make it look like it's a challenge but we know because on the next week on we see that it's a tribe swap and also they're doing this 45 seconds into the episode so we assume they're probably not just at a reward challenge already it is a tribe swap and before we talk about the new teams question for you Tony, that I heard yes. going around some other podcasts and the Twitter sphere this week. What is the best situation to end up in, in a tribe swap? What, if you were on this show, what's your preferred 
place to end up? Is it a situation like a Caleb ends up in here or a Sean ends up in here where you're on the total bottom, you're the lone person from your tribe? Is it the where, you know, the Bellow and Reba four end up? We're like, we're all together. Or do you want to be in a mix? What's your what's your preference holistically looking at just not even in reference to these particular teams, but if you were yeah. there, what type of tribe do you want to end up in? I would want either like mostly like mostly my group, even if it's just like one more than they have. If it's a five and it's me three, them two, I'm cool with that. Um, but also to be that swing vote, like where Emily is, it's important to be in that position. But like she mentioned, you can very easily become the target because it's like, I don't want to take shots at you yet. I don't want to take shots at you yet. Why don't we get that person? They don't have anybody. But realistically, I would say nine times out of 10, that person is going to end up the swing vote more so than the target. And that's kind of a cool place to find yourself because you know that if you get back to your tribe, presumably you're going to be able to kind of make those inroads again. However, you have a couple extra people with you. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I will. And obviously all of this, it's completely dependent on the relationships of the people and their spot in the game. It isn't, you can't just definitively say one way or the other. That's how it's going to be. But I agree with you and uh, you're in agreement with the great Tyson apostle who I was listening to part of his podcast and he was what they asked this question as well. And I liked his answer of, you do want to be where Emily ends up of the yeah. ideal, ideal place. Isn't the one person, but with four uh, from the other tribe, like Bello and Reba have on the new Lulu and Reba, um, but is to be the solo person on a split that otherwise split between the other teams is the perfect place. Because like you said, nine out of 10 times, it depends on the dynamics of the group and everything else, but your best chances just in a vacuum are to be the obvious swing vote between other mixtures of people versus where it could go either way. As we see yeah. it starting to maybe go either way with what we end up here with Lulu or Reba, where it's four and one. And it's like, yeah, if there's cracks in those four already, or there was someone in that four ready to create some cracks. Great. You can become the swing as the solo person out. But if, if there isn't, or they're just, it's still early enough in the game. And this is still very early in the game. Very early. Three people have gone home then where the tribes are like, uh, it's still kind of the port of the game where you should maybe take the easy road. And no one's really given us a reason to like break trust in our group and no one has broken trust. So even if I really want someone from my original tribe out, do I want to be the first one to take a shot at my own original tribe? That's probably not a good place to be. No. So I'm, I'm with you. I think the best place you can be is solo away from your tribe so that you don't have any friction with them. If you do get to emerge and are back with them, but in a place where you're the obvious swing between two different groups that you've ended up with, which is where Emily ends up. We get Bello now is the split tribe, Emily plus drew in Austin on one side from original Reba. And they are with who's their Bello Brando and Kendra. Yes. Brando and Kendra who we continue to get like no screen time with uh, yeah. at all. all. There's still the two, the kind, Bello kind of a, as a whole was, but now they've become the two that like, I feel like I still don't really know them much at all, especially Brando. And then yeah. Reba is now just Sean plus the four Reba original folks, Julie, Sifu, J Maya, and D. And then Lulu is now Caleb plus original Bello. And so we've, 
it was an interesting mix, non mix up mix. Really, it was almost they kind of just divided Lulu up more or less. Um, yeah. Thoughts on how the new teams ended up? The pairing, any any pairings that stand out? Anything you were really happy about as far as who ended up together, or really bummed about who ended up together? I I was sad that Emily and Caleb didn't end up together because I like I liked that dynamic but i'm also very glad that they didn't end up together because they would have immediately been targeted because of how close they are um especially in the random dynamics that we got it was nice it's one of those things where like there are a couple there are a couple ones where i wish it would have gone one way but i'm still happy that it's this way so like with drew and austin i would have loved to see like we talked about have one guy and one girl from that foursome end up on groups together but instead we got the two girls and the two guys but they're sort of like the dynamic duo they, they they're kind of chill they know what they're pair, doing yeah. yeah they're super they're super fun to watch um but i'm also happy that bruce and katura stayed together yeah bruce and katura staying together definitely was a and we we didn't get emily with bruce which no. would have been perfect if all three of them because Katura throughout this episode is looking for an ally in her anti-Bruce <laughs> agenda, which we will get to later. Um, and Emily was definitely, she would have pulled Emily in right away. Um, yeah. yeah. So we've got the new tribes. It's very interesting. I, I, I mean, I guess, I don't know what probabilities would say, but it seemed at first glance, it was like, whoa, okay. That like two of the tribes really didn't change. Like, okay, that's kind of crazy. But then when you actually yeah. think about their, you know, splitting into three groups of five like this it actually makes sense that it ends up this way and uh so let's turn our attention to these new tribes and how they interacted on their first couple days together we'll start with lulu and talk lulu day i believe it's day eight and nine uh the immunity, so, yeah. eventual immunity challenges on day nine so yeah day eight and nine everything pre immunity for lulu here and the first moment that we have to talk about, speaking of Katura's <laughs> anti-Bruce agenda, um, an interesting moment of gameplay. Love to get your thoughts on this. Um, yeah. Caleb starts filling them in on his, you know, different things that have happened on his tribe. And Bruce asks him about uh, about Brandon, who Bruce had met on the first journey of the season, right at the very, very beginning. If we remember, Katura wanted to go on that. And Bruce did all of the dancing and all the shenanigans when he decided slash was chosen to go on that. And before Caleb can say anything or Bruce can respond to anything, Katura just was like, no, hold on, Bruce. Um, Caleb, can you explain in detail how what uh, first time lawyer came out from her, by the way? Yeah. No one knows she's a lawyer yet, but was like, could you please explain to the jury here uh, in detail what Brandon told you about that fateful day? Everything you know, don't skip a thing, please. And Bruce, do not talk during this explanation. And he passed the fact check, which was, yep. uh, would, but it was a fact check. It was an in the moment, oh, totally. like, we're going to fact check you, Bruce. And she made no she was not hiding what was happening at all. No. What did you think about this, this decision and gameplay? I thought it was amazing. Like as far as just watching it play out. Um, I actually also wrote Katura doing, doing some lawyering. Um, so I mean like the, how just direct she was is very telling, but the other thing is like, it only works if Brandon told his tribe the truth because yeah. If Brandon lies and then Caleb tells them exactly what Brandon said, but it's not what Bruce said, 
then that doesn't mean that Bruce was untrue with what he said. It could just be that Brandon also lied. Um, I, I appreciate oh. I appreciate the move. Like, I appreciate that way of being able to fact-check Bruce without fact-checking Bruce. Um, I also did, I have to mention, I liked... I liked how supportive they were of Bruce when he like when they all realized that he was on Tika and they gave him that moment and just like let him chill, let him sit in it and then they did their big like holy crap we made it which mm-hmm. was nice. Yeah, I hadn't even thought when that happened I hadn't even put together like No, me neither. Oh, like he hasn't been on the beach where it happened yet though and yeah. everything and that like because they're obviously in the same place that he would be. Um yeah, that was a that was a pretty touching moment. I thought they all handled it the correct way um yeah but yeah i wish i wish brandon would have lied to them or just like caleb's got a damn good memory for someone who's been starving for eight days because he remembers it all perfectly because it would have been amazing if bruce is like wait a minute that's not what happened and katura and everyone else is like (laughs) oh is it bruce that's not what happened he's like no like for real you were lied to bro like that's not what happened and no one would have believed him uh because she at this point doesn't want to believe him uh wants a reason to go at him and everyone there uh doesn't just want they have a reason to want to work with caleb they all want to work with caleb which was kind of the reverse of what i anticipated them given i know they weren't there to be the ones that reba interacted with caleb and had the whole like "Mm, that guy's a salesman kind of thing going on and had their guard up bellow didn't have that they'd just seen him do really well in challenges so far and be like okay like he's cool and nice and whatever um they all want to work with caleb but of all of them they they kind of all have a conversation at some point uh either in a group or one-on-one with them but the one that seems to make the most inroads and seems to have the most legitimate connection that we see is jake uh the two of them have a little walk together and i thought jake played this moment really well where i always want a little bit more honesty and tepidness from players in survivor of like just because we're walking and having a conversation like 50% 50% of the time people are lying. If at the end of this, we always have to just say, so we're working together. We're like number ones. Like, yeah, I like that Jake approached with like, he basically, he paraphrased basically what he said was he was like, I like you. Everything is good between us right now. I am not locking in that. Like we're boys right. we're voting together, whatever. I'm also not locking in that. I'm like going against you. I'm openly telling you, I don't really not me and Bruce are kind of tight, but also like I would vote for him if I had to. And that so far I like you and like, let's keep working on it. And maybe we get to a point where I will lock you in as like my top person. You're on your way there, but he doesn't do that. Um, Do you, do you see this bond lasting? And do you, what are your, do you have agreement, disagreement with my take on Jake having good gameplay of like, we don't need to do anything too serious other than just say we like each other and want to give each other info. I think that like, I agree that it was really well done. It just depends on how the next couple of days go. So I think that it's a great move if he continues to play on like a bellow beach where nobody goes to tribal. But I think that if they lose and they go to tribal and then Jake starts to have that conversation, then that's going to put the thought in Caleb's mind of, is he talking to me because we now need to talk? And we're just solidifying what we had already discussed or is he only talking to me now because he's still not sure about me but he knows that he can probably get my vote 
versus someone like we'll see later with like Katura, where she came up and she's like, look, here's the deal. I'm with you. This is what we can do. So there's there's two different ways that you can handle it. And one, neither one is like right or wrong. But I feel that the best way to look at like Nulu and Reba is like Bello gained a player. They gained Caleb as part of their tribe. Reba gained a roommate until they lose. Like there was no inroads for Sean. Like it, he had nothing to do. But with with Nulu, they actually had that opportunity where there's so many different ways that Caleb can integrate himself into the actual tribe, not just with one individual person. Yeah, I like that. I'm with that. Well, Jake better get to moving on it quick because his only other potential number one in the game is he thinks is Bruce and Bruce doesn't think Jake's his number one. He thinks nope. Kelly is his number one. And Kelly thinks not a lot of that, <laughs> but she, I, She's, as I put in our notes, yeah. she basically shrugs her shoulders about yeah. the whole idea of being Bruce's number one, but to Bruce's face, she, she you know, more or less <laughs> smiles. Um, I don't think that convincingly, but it doesn't seem to phase Bruce. Uh, no. Maybe they just caught the right moment on camera and showed it to us, <laughs> but I don't think she was convincing and like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, yeah, we're I working. Also together. appreciate that you're here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's interesting that everyone is kind of, Maybe, maybe is actually on the outs with Bruce for real of these four, yeah. but obviously the one we've already talked about here and in past episodes that is a hundred percent on the outs and wants to be on the outs and wants to get out Bruce is Katura, who has the final conversation with Caleb. And I wrote in my notes that while I've been on her side in the, like Bruce is kind of doing a lot. And I could see if Bruce was getting a little annoying on the beach for multiple different reasons it does seem like Bruce maybe has broken her because the confessional montage of her clearly more or less unprompted from production. Like they prompt you with questions, but not like for eight or nine responses in a row. And they have a pretty convincing montage of her just like, God, Bruce, this Bruce, that, Oh my God, Bruce. Oh, I can't stand it. We got to get about this, that, and the other. And I was like, I'm still on your team. If I had to vote for one of you to stay on a tribe, I'm voting for you to stay and him to go. But it seems like he's gotten to you to the point of like, you might be a little bit broken because you're really wrapped up. Like you need him to go for your own survival in the game. Not because he's going to vote you out, but because you're too hyper focused on this thing. How do you her tweet feel was about fantastic too. Um, did you see her tweet about it? I didn't know. So she was, she was basically like, if you're going to say something about one of your cast members, rest assured that production will run it until the wheels fall off. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they definitely they, have. They have, but that montage was all different things. So it yes, was. it very well can, it, and it always is editing tricks of whatever, like that could be, yeah. they make her sit in the same place and she's already wearing the same clothes because they're wearing the same clothes every day or whatever. And maybe those were nine things she said across the first eight days or the last three or four days. And again, they're prompted by they're getting asked questions in those moments. Right. But regardless, if you're asked three or four questions in a row about them, at some point you're allowed to be like, I think we've covered that or like, yeah, I don't know, I'm targeting him, I guess. But like, 
Is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. Maybe you're not allowed. Maybe they're like, we're going to kick you off this island if you don't give us what we want. I don't think we're they gonna, do that, though. We're going to keep changing the question until you answer it. Um, no, like, I I understand, especially in that scenario, like when you're on an island with a set number of people, especially potentially for her, where you get to a swap. Yeah. And you know a swap is happening. Everybody throws their buffs down in front of them. You get a new one, you open it up, and you look over, and oh good, Bruce is on my tribe again. And he's like, high-fiving and hugging you about it. <laughs> you're like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, like, that's I'm, I'm glad that we're moving to a new location. Oh good, you're coming with me. And that that could have been the matter of just like, this is my moment to get away, take a moment to breathe, and regroup before we hit the merge. And I got to deal with him again. Yeah. But instead, he's along for that ride. Well, it's it's the big in for Caleb, for sure. Because I think they oh, yeah. all would have went into it kind of wanting to work with him anyways and wanting to yep. keep him around for tribe strength and the challenges as we're going to see. But I do think it's, you know, it's his dream ending up as the solo person on that situation to be like, yeah. please let two of these, there be friction amongst this tribe. And uh, there is... There's not just friction. They could probably start a no. fire with the, oh, they don't yeah. need the Flint. They eventually finally no. get the Flint, but they probably could have got that fire started pre immunity challenge just with the friction between those two individuals. Let's move to Bello. So Bello, new Bello. I also, I did catch that you were saying Nulu and I really yes. like that. That's very, that's very good. Very good. Very good. Uh, <laughs> I do. You have a, is there a new name for Bello or is it just still Bello? It's still Bello. Um, I might, I might find something. Okay, but I, I, we'll I struck rich. I struck rich with Nulu, so I was like, I'm gonna stick with that one. Yeah, only need one a week. We're we're good. Yep. That, that you met the quota <laughs> and exceeded all expectations. So, Bello, which again is now Austin Drew on one side, Emily in the middle, and Brando and Kendra on the other side, starts with Emily giving the full hey. Uh, you guys will get to watch this eventually, but if you want to know what happened this season up till now, because you haven't really been a part of it, here you go. Here's the story of Lulu and tells all. Is it, it's pretty hard to say it's, it's good or bad strategy. It's kind of seems not even like, you know, given the situation and how it's just been them going to tribal three times in a row, there isn't really, yeah. I don't see much incentive for not telling them everything about your tribe. No basically beyond other than I, you know, she doesn't say like me and Caleb are super tight, you know, so she keeps the right. only maybe info that is important in any way, but otherwise is like, it would ingratiate me to like sit around the fire here, which is cool that you guys got fire. That's dope. Haven't seen that yet. <laughs> and like, just, you know, be able to talk in comfortably for an hour by just telling you what has happened. Do, is there any good or bad strategy in this to, in your opinion, or is it basically just like, it's kind of, you know, the position she's in it. I, I just don't see it as much. It can't do any harm really. Well, yeah. I mean, right now, the thing with, uh, with Emily is, is basically that the people that she's telling, are, they're the people that have continually made alliances based off the fact that somebody tells them everything like Drew and Austin. She doesn't know the this reason, yet, but yeah, these yeah. people are very quick to be like, you tell me one thing, we're besties. Like we're yeah. in, lock it in. BFF 4L. Um, <laughs> yeah, like the fact that she was telling them everything while she was telling them, I looked at Sarah and I was like, Drew and Austin are going to love 
that she's telling them things. And sure enough, they were just like, we thought she was this mean lady, but like, she's super dope and really chill and we should totally ride with her. And like, it was so great for Emily. And I agree. There's, I mean, there's not much that there's not much that she needed to hide because really the people that she's talking about are no longer in this game because she's talking about Lulu who have been decimated and sort of divvied up. Um, I mean, if you're looking at the grand scheme of things, it sort of sucks because the way that they all get split, no matter what happens, a Lulu still goes to tribal council. Um, so, so they didn't totally escape. They just sort of diversified. Um, but I, I think it wasn't her best interest to kind of do a, a summary. And I'm sure she left some stuff out, but she put in this. I, I think one of the things that she did that was really smart was she put a lot of the heat on Sabaya who can't counter it at any point. And she also was really smart in just taking everything that she's learned from being on Lulu and using it to her advantage on Bello to ingratiate herself to the other people. And I think she did it really well. Like I'm over the past four episodes, like I am really high on Emily supply. Yeah, I do. I did. And I literally wrote in my notes during this moment of the episode of like, I do miss that one moment where we thought we had a villain and I was really excited about it. And I would, I'm hopeful. That was the main reason I was like, damn it. If she was with Bruce, she'd at least still maybe, although she would probably go up to him and be like, the best thing to do for my game is to apologize and be like, yeah. that was so uncalled for. I don't know what got over me. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, I do miss, I do miss villain era, Emily, for sure. If yep. someone else could fill that role, that would be really appreciated over you could here. Get accidental villain Sifu. Um, we'll get to him in a moment. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Sifu is doing. Me either. <laughs> not not a lot uh, by the looks of it. Um, which is an interesting choice. Uh, I do think that Emily, the one benefit that can come of it is she can, and as you said, she does, the one little part we hear is that she does say like Sabaya was in charge yeah. and then this thing happened with her idol and, you know, uh, I, we don't hear the whole conversation, but I'm guessing she paints it, doesn't paint it in a way like, I pulled this big move. It was like, no, Sabaya was in charge and just made this like bad call. And all of us yeah. were like, well, she has an idol and like, okay. And so she's basically by telling this whole story, she's able to paint herself as like, I'm not a threat. Just so you guys know, yeah. like I, one person quit or else I wouldn't have been here. And then another person was so bad at the challenges. They kept me again. And then the like one person became too big of a threat and had an idol. And like, yeah. So like, I'm just kind of here. Yeah. Like I don't, don't be worried about me. I'm just a vote who wants me to vote with them. I'm just looking for friends and kind of yeah. paints herself that way, which at this early stage of the game, it is still very like this one. You know, I could never see a world where on a jury, one of these four people was on a jury and they were like, well, Emily, you didn't do shit. Like you were, you remember when you told us that like you were lucky to be here because someone quit, like, you know, it'll be way too far in the past if that ever came up. So I only think it can help her. Both sides want her, obviously. But Austin and Drew are the first to like really make it happen, have the conversation with her. She is, <laughs> this is the one spot where I was like, I totally understand the feelings and why, given the progression of the nine days out here, you are feeling the way you are, yeah. but you might want to try to lock it in a little bit because she, as they even start 
getting into sentences that are going to end with them saying they want to work together. She is like brimming with excitement and joy and like borderline, like shaking. She like jumps and hugs them and everything. She's like crying a little bit. And she's just so happy to like be a part of something. And I totally get it, but I would, if I, and I bet she even look what looking at it as, you know, kind of analytical as she can be would be like, yeah, I probably should have tried to find a way to like, tamper it down a little bit but like she just can't she can't help herself she's so excited to be a part of a group and especially i don't i'm i'm reading this into it and it may be wrong of me to read this into it but not only is she a part of the group but like austin and drew are like the kind of college bro dudes on here and for them to be the ones being like we really want you to be like a part of our little trio given what the little we know maybe about Emily's like social life and stuff. Maybe she's like, I've never had like guys like you be like, what do you want to like be buddies and like, hang out? Like, again, you know, it's kind of like a survivor thing of like new pairings that might not happen in the world or whatever that on a beach, like you're like, we actually just view each other as other people and have conversations and realize that we all kind of have reasons to like each other and everything. So I think there was maybe a little of that in there too. She's like, wait a minute, you guys of all the people out here, you two like, okay, cool. Like, this is amazing. What do you think about this trio? And do you trust this trio? And if they ever were to come back together, are D and Julie, I mean, they were Austin and Drew were already a little, a little skeptical of the other half of their quartet. And now they've added a, a member to their trio instead. It seems like they've ditched the quartet, even if they were to come back and emerge or something. Drew did mention that, like he did state that it was him and Austin. And then the, re the rest of the Alliance was Julie and D. And then hopefully they would be able to make Emily their fifth. So in that sense, I still feel like they're still thinking that they could go with uh julia and Dee if they're still around by the time that we get to emerge um i think that that's i think that's a really good dynamic emily andrew and austin i think that amongst the three of them they'll be able to sort of keep each other in check they kind of they even each other out anywhere there's some gaps they're able to kind of fill all those in collectively and I, I think that it'll play out really well. I going back to Tyson as like talking about merges and stuff like that. Tyson is notorious for when he goes into a merge, he just like, this is my tribe now. It's not a matter of who's like, who do, am I leaving? Who where's the rest of my alliance? What are they doing at any given point? It's I don't know if I'm ever getting back to those people again to play with them again. Right now, these are the people I'm playing with. And these are the people I have to focus on. And I think that everybody on that beach, especially because they're all fractured, are really realizing that they're like, in order to move forward in this game, we have to at least include one other person from a tribe that isn't ours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's pretty easy for them to be able to like tell Emily, like we yeah. were previously working with these two. So like, if we all end up together again, just know that we have to like feel that out. And that's a, hopefully yeah. a, you know, you're a part of this bigger thing even, but you know, then they could have the conversation. Well, am I above them or below them or what? And, you know, based on whatever right. happens between now and a possible merge with them. So she's with them. That tribe is sitting pretty. And before we get to Reba, we will talk immunity challenge because obviously then there will be more Reba to talk about post immunity challenge. First things first on the challenge, it's 
really hard. It looks so dang hard. And when Jeff yeah. like described it, I didn't fully pick up on exactly what they were about to have to do. And then as they start doing it, I was just like, <laughs> and once they started doing it, I thought they only had to get the cage up to the beach. And then I, when I realized, oh, no, no, you got to carry it like way up. Cause the, up to the part, the water, the waves kind of help you. You can, you know, time it with that and get some movements still difficult, but not impossible. You get a little assistance from mother nature, but the getting it up to the beach is, it seems impossible. It seems like a lot well, yeah. of folks who have not been eating for eight or nine days and they don't all have good strategies about it either, which is the other thing. Uh, Reba does eventually switch, but like Sifu's like on like the front corner at one point of his. And I'm just like, I, dude, like this is kind of why you're on the team is like this moment. And like, you need to be in the middle because you're the strongest and the tallest. So both of those things yeah. require you to be in the middle, which Lulu, figured out right away and like Caleb was in the middle and was like I can take the brunt of this and I think um on the other tribe Drew maybe was in the middle and while so, he might yeah. not be as strong but he is the tallest which is again kind of most important if you're all able to lift it that the tallest person is in the middle if anything uh did you the are they this definitely stands out as the hardest of the season physically hardest of the season right. like most physical exertion and I don't feel like we get too many of these in any given season. It's pretty no. rare that they ask for this big of a physical strength based effort. So I wasn't like you. I wasn't, I wasn't totally paying attention. They were explaining the challenge and I looked up and being somebody who's watched a lot of survivor, I looked up, saw the cages, saw them like standing. And I was like, cool. It's the snake thing. And then went back to what I was doing. And then when they got in the cage, I was like, they don't have the snake, but they've got poles. And then I was trying to figure out what the poles were for. And then they lifted the cage and I was like, I have no idea what's going on, but this seems ridiculous. And then it was so nice to see Nulu get that far, like get that much of a lead. Like they were halfway up the beach and the other tribes were still in the water, but it looked like I couldn't have done it. Um, it was, it looked so much more difficult than getting that snake up and over the snake looks really hard every time they do it too it yeah. looks super hard i don't know exactly how much that snake thing weighs but it is not yeah that always that's always one where i'm really worried about injuries i'm surprised no one gets like thrashed around inside of the cave here the waves were very calm so uh that was working in their favor but i know somewhere on a beach down in alabama jonathan young was watching this episode just like the things i would have done with that cage oh my god just let me let me at it <laughs> uh get jonathan on the challenge please and thank you yes i, I can't believe it has it's over too it's so ridiculous he works he he has all the time in the world and he's perfect for it okay anyways uh so yeah caleb's really good at basketball and basketball yep. references we kind of learned we learned both of those things uh, an episode or two ago, but we learn again, Caleb's like legitimately really good at basketball. Cause those shots aren't easy. <laughs> like no, in the cage for out from the cage, a long distance at three different heights of rims and hoops. And yeah, they're bigger than a regular basketball hoop, but whatever it's really hard. And yeah. he goes like three for five on his shots and they win. And it's a huge celebration. It is only one of the three Lulu members winning, but it is still the team named Lulu winning. Yep. So it is pretty big over joy. Uh, is Caleb starting to be, this is the second time now out mm -hmm. of what? So this is the fifth challenge, sixth challenge they've done in yep. total. Cause there's been one reward for immunity 
plus the like so, opening yeah. one. And then I guess you could add Sweat versus Savvy in there uh, that he did as well. But this is the second of the last three challenges where he is, his team is one and he's kind of done all of the parts of it right. and clearly been like, I'm good at the challenge stuff. And so is he painting too big of a, a target on his back too quickly here? Not yet. I think that for that very reason, Bella would keep him around because he's going to help them win challenges. And I think him continuing to help them win challenges is going to keep them obviously out of tribal council. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't foresee, really, I don't foresee a situation where we're going to see Nulu at tribal. I think we're more likely to see either like uh, butting of heads on Bello or just not being able to to get it done with the dynamic on Reba mm -hmm. before we're going to see like something happen because they Lulu basically got the a lot of the strongest people mm -hmm. on one tribe yeah they've got a very good tribe and I do think it, it helps him a lot that he got to switch tribes to to yeah. kind of lessen the blow of like this guy's kind of the guy that has to do everything for us. Well, yeah. and how do we feel about it? It's now like we got the new toy that does everything like amazing. And you know, Louis. Time, it's just amazing. The second time it's like, maybe a question comes up and if it happens three times in a row, then you start to think, okay, do I want to go to a merge with this guy? Cause it seems like he's good at it. Like, yeah, they're not going to keep giving us basketball over and over. We don't yeah. think who knows. I don't know. We have a two, two out of the last three have been basketball related. <laughs> so maybe that's the only thing he's good at. We'll find out. Um, but I do have to give him a shout out because we won't otherwise talk about the brief moment of them back on the beach. Um, I, I didn't ask before. Are you a basketball fan in any way, Tony? I have watched space jam like 50 okay, times. Um, yeah. So, and <laughs> well, I like Michael Jordan. Like I know, I don't know much about sports that don't come from movies, but growing up, I always liked Michael Jordan. Well, for you and anyone else watching survivor that is not, doesn't follow the NBA in any way. Let me just say that Caleb's NBA references are just out of fucking control so far. <laughs> um, and his, I died when he brought up his, like, I don't need to be on the Warriors, which for non-basketball people, the Warriors were like dynastic run for like three, four years. They had like five of the best 20 players in the league. It was unfair. Um, some would say others that liked them would, was, were happy about it. He's like, I don't need to be on that <laughs> team. Just I'm put me on the Raptors. I'm Kawhi. And that was a reference to Kawhi Leonard got traded to the Toronto Raptors. Shout out Canada uh, in 2019. And they took them to a championship as like the one really awesome guy on a team with just a bunch of good players, but no other great players. So that was Caleb's reference, which was spot on of him being like, I just need my tribe to not like suck. I don't need them all to quit slash be horrible at this. Like, you know, I can do some good things here. So shout out to Caleb who clearly really likes basketball. And then Emily uh, and uh new Bello get second and Emily is overjoyed for the second time in as many scenes of the show at the fact that she does not have to go to tribal and it's a really yeah. really wonderful moment until then they pan over to sean who does still have to go to tribal as the one yeah, member who has lost yet again any other thoughts on the immunity challenge nope um in all honesty i when when nulu won i was so stoked for caleb that he didn't have to go to tribal that he got flint I also thought it was very interesting that we do a complete tribe swap and like basically 
shift the tribes and make them new tribes. But then Lulu still didn't have Flint. Like they're like, yeah, no, I know that you're a new tribe now and we've switched everyone up, but you still don't get fire. Uh, everyone else is fine. <laughs> so he's like, it, it, okay. It is a little bit of like salt in the wound to, yeah. you know, those, the, to Caleb, it's one thing, but because, yeah. you know, he's like, well, I was a part of the reason we don't. So like, okay. But the other four that are like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're the unlucky ones that had the best setup going here. And now we have the by far worst setup going. That's a bummer. But those are yeah. those are the breaks in Survivor. You know, that's the the randomness of it all. All right. Let's then talk about the losers. Let's talk about Reba. So we didn't discuss them before. So we'll combine here. Reba day eight, nine, and then uh, pre-tribal still on day nine, but post immunity challenge here. So the first interesting thing back prior to the immunity challenge to talk about is when they get into their new teams, they are a little suspicious of Sean and they feel pretty, or at least most of them feel pretty strong. And like, we still got our four and we're, we should stick together. And so D and Julie and Sifu decide when Jay goes walk in with Sean to look through Sean's bag. And then they realize he's tied some elaborate knots in his bag. And I've got to say, I can't believe they didn't get caught. I can't believe, I don't know how, how long of a walk you got to take there, Sean and Jay, but (laughs) it was clearly long. I can't believe that they pulled this off and I I haven't listened to any exit interviews. I'm assuming Sean did them this week, but uh, if he noticed this or anything, but uh, was looking through the bag, a good idea before the knots. And then after they discovered the knot situation was looking through the bag, a good idea still. So I, Sarah will be very surprised when she hears this because I notoriously hate people going through other people's bags it just bothers me on like a fundamental level because thinking outside of the game you're like you don't do that and it just weirds me out and it just i gives me ick but the more that i've like thought about it over seasons and the more that like i've listened to previous players talk about how really it is an element of the game of like if you don't want people to look through your stuff, you keep your stuff with you at all times. You can't take anything from somebody. It's theirs. You can look in it and see what they have, but you're not allowed to take it and claim it as your own. So I, I'm i sort of like, I've come around to being okay with it, um, but it took me 45 seasons, truth be told, uh, <laughs> before I like really was like, when it happened this time, I was surprised that I was as okay with it as I was. And then, then it was because it's a game mechanic. They can't take anything. I liked that when they saw the elaborate knot, they're like, okay, they immediately knew how to workshop it, which was what was incredible to me of just like, this is a complicated knot. Let's replicate it on this bag. And then we'll leave this bag knotted. So then we can replicate it again when we need to close it. I would not think that far ahead. Um, I, I wouldn't be like the knot looked weird. Um, It looked like he just sort of like shambled the ropes together. So, my biggest question about that whole situation and i went back and like played it through why did sean have the idol in his bag he didn't he did but he did no, not he didn't. a hidden one he had the the tribe idol like the big bird thing. immunity idol yeah oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh but how did he end up with it he was on the tribe that didn't have it and then 
maybe they this... like on the walk back because they brought it they all like bring that stuff with them because yeah. they you know they don't they don't know exactly what they're going to yeah i i actually did see that but then i totally like decided not to think about it again until you just said that my only guess in the moment would be maybe on like they're the like, walk this back is what to the it beach, looks like they were they were like it. hey like you haven't got to have this before like you want to <laughs> carry it or whatever i don't yeah that is strange that he ended up with that in his bag um yeah. wow that yeah that's really strange i hope maybe someone out there answers that question for us if anyone hears about someone cast member talking about that please point us in that direction i I enjoy when people look through the bags because again, I'm looking for villains out here and that's a pretty shady thing to do. So I'm all for people doing shady things on this show. Um, Not that any of these three are, you know, looking like good villains to me or anything like that. But uh, I couldn't believe again, I'm with you. I would not have come up with the immediate strategy of like, well, we still will do this and can do this, but we'll practice over here and then have our new template that was impressive all the way through. Oh, yeah. They actually do it and they like keep track of the stuff goes in. I would never personally do it because I would never, even if there wasn't elaborate knots, like I would, I would not be confident I could do it in a way that they're not going to find out about it or that someone else yeah. isn't going to tell and say that I was a part of it before I'm willing to tell and say that, you know, others were a part of it or anything like that. So I'm staying far away, but as a fan, I'm happy every time it happens because it, you know, it, could potentially cause friction and uh, disagreement and everything else. So I'm always looking for more of that. Jay, during this walk with Sean, her main purpose of doing it is that she is the one who is not trying to just get Sean out. She wants Sifu out. She wants Sifu out like bad, like yesterday, like it's pretty much down to go to tribal council over it. Um, And she doesn't ever... Correct me if I'm wrong. Does she ever give like a real reason other than uh, they thinks, think that he has an idol? Yeah, so, they think he looks for an idol a lot, and so he probably has one. And so that's I understood like the basis yeah, of it. I understood it more the second time I watched it when the girls were talking at the shelter. So what she wanted to do, why she wanted to get Sifu out first, was if they think Sifu has an idol, and they get Sean out this vote. And then they go back to tribal and they all vote for Sifu. Sifu's one vote takes out one of the girls. Yeah. But as it stands now, if they go after Sifu, but tell Sifu to vote Sean because we're Reba strong, they can get him out and get the idol out while they're still a tight three. So that made much more sense when I heard it that way, because the first time I listened to it, I was like, I don't understand other than the fact that she doesn't want to sing that song with him anymore that why she would want to get him out because they totally sang that song again and they don't <laughs> sing anything together uh tony let's let's be real she, he occasionally points to jay to like say one say word back up or whatever and she kind of begrudgingly says it um he does heavy metal screamo air guitar uh with a machete is, yeah, it's a. <laughs> it was just as interesting the second time as it was the first time. Do, do you know? It's funny because the first. Oh yeah. So the. The first time that it happened, Caleb was there. Yeah. And then Caleb was like, "Wow, that's like awesome." Yeah. And then, the second time it happens, Sean is there. Yeah. So <laughs> the two times that we have seen it happen, it has been a member of. Lulu that has been present. Yeah. 
my my favorite was Sean's response of "You're a real lyricist," and then the other people laughing. Yeah. Um, I like I adore Sifu, but like I don't understand what is going on half He's the time. He's not playing the he, game. No, the did like. you do you watch Alone? Like, have you watched Alone the no, show? I don't know what that is. So Alone is the one where there's like there's ten survivalists that get dropped in yeah an yeah, area. Okay, yeah yeah yeah. So there's one guy. His name was Biko, and he was like just doing random shit. Like he was there and he was competing. But he was also like a metalhead and he like wanted to see what was on the other side of his area, but he didn't want to walk there. So he just like stripped down and swam across. He is giving like Sifu is giving me big like Biko energy and they're both great to watch and they're both like actively doing what they're supposed to do. But at the same time, they're sort of playing on a completely different level than everybody else. But I don't know what that level necessarily is. They're not playing in a way by being yeah. on the other level because like seafood the whole time all of this is happening the only thing we see from him is like yes he is like looking for idols a bunch but otherwise he's we haven't seen him talk strategy at all with anyone no, ex- except when he kind of like except him and sean have a conversation where seafood more or less says like hey man like i like you but like yeah like we're obviously probably voting you out tonight because yeah. like i don't have any reason to like not vote with my original tribes members, but like the way how nonchalant he is about it, is a, it leaves me like, have you talked about voting ever with, I, I know you haven't been to tribal council yet, but like, I don't think you've talked about an alliance or a voting or anything with anyone on your tribe before at all. I think the only game thing you've done is you've looked for a bunch of idols, but otherwise like you're loving being on an Island doing Tai Chi at sunrise and like doing stuff with the machete and like you'll work for the tribe if they're like you know fish or like we need to build this and you're like oh cool like that's part of he's just having an experience versus like playing the game and doing things like looking for idol is more of like that's like a a part of the experience is like you look for advantages or whatever like that's cool it's like an activity or whatever and so yeah he's kind of like just not doing a whole lot and meanwhile uh jay wants him out really bad i Thank you for explaining that because now it does make sense. Yeah. There's only four of them and they do believe he has an idol that like to protect the three of them that they want to actually be a threesome here of an alliance trio is that like, yeah, we would, if, if it's us three, then the order of which we should get these other two out is Jay is correct. So I hadn't, I hadn't thought that through. Thank you. Uh, Props to Jay then for thinking that through, Um, but she is team vote Sifu. Mm-hmm. And Julie is fully like, no, 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 no. Like, we can't do that yet. Uh, we got to stay strong. We got to vote for Sean. And D is yep. kind of the one in the middle, which I find interesting because I do feel like Julie, as much as she might just think Sean's the better move and the better idea, I feel like D is getting tested a little here because like Jay was not part of their right. four person alliance up until, you know, but you know, the day the day of this, the day, the yesterday morning at this point of the tribe swap. And it's a very interesting position for Julian D to be in. And they're like, well, we had two people who we were going to, if we ever had to vote someone out, vote out. But now one of them has come to us wanting to get the other one out on this new tribe. And it's a very interesting situation. So they had to tribal council with it kind of up in the air of like, yeah, one person wants Sifu, one person wants Sean. 
Sean obviously doesn't want him. Sifu's kind of just like, uh, Sean, right? That's what we're all doing because we're all friends and no one's, we're not playing a game or anything. And D is totally in the middle. And we had to tribal to figure out what will happen. And at that tribal, the acting, the acting is really good for the first couple of questions because yeah. at least it seems for the first couple of questions, everyone is on board with the, we've told Sifu we're just going to vote Sean. And the women seem to have come to some consensus before as much as they might, Julie might still be wavering that D is at least decided. Yes, we will vote for Sifu and they're all going to vote for Sifu and they're going to act like it's Sean. And so and they for, told Sean that too. Like yes. That. And they told Sean, we're going to act like it's you. And yeah. yeah, Julie especially is like, Hey, like <laughs> she lays it on thick uh, and yeah. like a, we're, I, we're going to talk Reba strong over and over and over we're going to throw you under the bus a little bit, like the whole thing, uh, which yeah, it, yeah was a- aggressive a little bit. Uh, I liked it. It was I aggressive, but it. I almost feel you need to, because like Sean is going to be looking for anything that's weird. And Sean has his shot in the dark. So if he like, if he gets sketched, he can play a shot in the dark. And if he gets safe, then they have to vote Sifu. But why yeah. do that if you don't have to? Yeah. Um, but so... It's all going according to that plan for two or three questions. Yep. And and then Sean quits. <laughs> yeah. It's uh his answer starts in you know Jeff does the if it is you basically like do you want yeah. to give your final statement then they don't give you your chance to like it sounds like everyone's going to vote you out so we'll give you your chance to like have your saying and kind of give your last story. And it mm-hmm. sounds partway into it like Sean is doing a very good job of that, of like he touches on what I kind of pondered a little, not knowing his full backstory, but knowing the locations and things of it on our season preview we did of like, oh, like gay guy in, you know, prominent in the community by being like a, a you know, school principal, school like principal. is in everyone's lives, like in you in Salt Lake City and like born and raised there, was he what was his relationship to the religions of the area and just the culture of right. the area and everything else. And we get the story here that he was actually raised Mormon and then, you know, got out of that and that he, in everything so far, it's like, yeah, this would be, he's given his story and you know, the things he's proud about this, like sounds like your typical, this would be the speech you give. Uh, and it's really cool and interesting and everything else. Um, and then it turns from that to out of nowhere. It's like, you know, the culmination of his story is that he, he comes out as gay and the, you know, he felt like he missed a lot of time in his life of being his true self by having been, been in the religion and the the restrictions that put on him and that he's, you know, really, really loves his husband. He loves his life now. <laughs> and like, okay, that's the end of the story. And then it's like, and you know what, Jeff, I love him so much that I need to be with him. Like now, like right yeah. now, Jeff, like I need to go home and I need everyone to vote me out. And I was just like, Whoa, where did this come from? What is going well, on? Yeah. Right now? And like, he said, he'd been thinking about it for a long time and like not to discredit Sean's love for his husband, not to discredit Sean, what Sean's going through in that moment. But like from everything, and I realize it's an edit, but at the start of the episode, you have him coming back and like desperately trying to like mend fences with Emily and Caleb to like get that back on track. And then he said, the only thing I can hope for is a swap. And then he gets a swap. And then he's like, I'm with these new people and I'm making inroads and then we lose. 
and it seems like they're voting me out. Initially, I thought it was Sifu. Now it seems to really be going my way. And then he quits. Like, it it felt like in the moment while he's talking, he realized that he wasn't getting out of it, that he wasn't going back to camp, and that this was his last opportunity. And so instead, he decided to kind of make it his own move, as Jeff said, like engineering a quit of of having them vote for him and asking them to rather than him doing it anyway them doing it anyway and like it's i'm i'm annoyed because if what he said is accurate and if he's been thinking about it for a while and if he did want to quit quit last week and then we still have sabaya in the game like, if you feel like if Sabaya gets voted out, for example, and I don't know, like Jeff could probably say, no, we're not doing that. But like, Sabaya gets the votes. The way this whole thing goes is to blindside on Sabaya. And he says, you know what? I, well, actually, that wouldn't happen because Jeff would say no because Sabaya yeah. was accurately voted out. Yeah. But if, yeah, like, if you're going to quit and you want to quit, quit at a point when somebody can continue on in your place. Because that's what he's saying is like, these are four people who really want to play and I don't want to take that away from them. But like, he also really wants to play. Um, yeah. I, it feels I, like it, it yeah. did feel a little like wanting to control his own narrative at the last second. And yeah. which sucks if that were to be true. And it was because as he was sitting there, he was like, it seems like I'm actually getting voted out right now. This doesn't right. seem like acting. He wasn't. I'm I feel very certain based on the fact that D still is like, nah, fuck that. And D yeah. was the swing one of the three, uh, being like, no, like we Sifu. were we said Sifu and we still want to do yeah. Sifu. Um, that like I don't think he was going to get voted out. I think Sifu was going to get voted out. One hundred percent. I think that it was Sifu. Especially if he was, you know, he eventually Sean eventually votes for D, but if he wouldn't have been in a situation asking to have himself voted for he would have also voted for Sifu. So like, even if Julie would have still been wishy-washy or whatever, yeah. like D and J wouldn't have been, there would have been three. Um, but yeah, it does. I know it's obviously just pure speculation on our part yep, and absolutely it's being understanding of the, the situation that he's in and given the story he had just told and having, having that feeling of like, I lost my childhood or whatever, of not getting to be who I was because of the, right culture I was in and the environment I was in and everything else that if you feel like your game crumbling around you and have had that life experience that you may be like, I don't want someone else to like decide stuff for me again. And I want to kind of last second, grab the narrative, so to speak, and, you know, yeah. orchestrate this and let it be that I chose to go home versus I got voted out and have that feeling or anything, which like I get, and I hope he, gets the same way that I hoped Hannah would and somewhat did from the little bit of uh, interviews of hers. I watched um, of like why fans would be, you know, the fans that are like just yeah. straight up mean about it and like say really shitty, nasty stuff. Like, yeah, just like, don't look at replies and stuff on the internet. Cause most of them are fake bots and bullshit anyway. So who cares? But um, the fans that are just like, this sucks. And like, this this is a really shitty situation that two of the four people who have went home on the yeah. season have quit. Fifty percent. 
Yeah, that they would also be understanding of like, I'm sure this is very difficult for them to go through and then to relive and then to deal with any backlash or anything. But it really does suck (laughs) as fans of the show to be like two of the first four people quit. And as fans of the show, the show's going well. Like it's a great season. Yeah. I don't think that these two quits necessarily like rob the season of any sort of glory per se. They helped. The first one helped because the the first first one one kept Emily. Yeah. And Emily, I think hurt because I think, it would have been Sifu. Sifu seems like he's got a lot of entertainment to bring, but yeah, has been kind of just in the background. And it would have been a blind side that started friction between you know a tribe that hadn't had it yet. And I personally, up until he quit, like I was all in on Sean again. Back to the preview, yeah. like middle uh, elementary principal. That's what my mom was. I was like loving him the whole time of just like, you're a proxy for my parent. And I've really enjoyed you and your personality and everything on this. And I feel horrible that you're the one person who has now lost all, all four immunity challenges, the whole thing. And so I don't, the first Hannah quitting actually helped the show as far as the entertainment value. I think this one, not like ruins the season by any means like that, but the better version, the better version was him not quitting and Sifu getting voted out. And that yep. starting a bunch of other new stories to work off of. Or him doing that whole spiel, like say the whole thing still plays out as is, and then Sifu goes home. Then yeah. Damn, I want I when D when D votes for him, I, I have the yeah. two thoughts of my initial and like mo, in the moment thought is like, oh whoa, this could still happen. <laughs> but then yeah. I initially, my dumb, like, I've watched too many of these shows and I can't help but think about the editing was like they would have showed if this was happening they would have showed jay voting for him still because she was the one that was like all about it they wouldn't have shown one of the swing people so i was like it's too obvious that they start with d still votes for sifu and so i don't i don't think he's actually gonna go uh but as always, they read the votes in the proper order to make it as interesting as possible. So we do get the random D vote that where it's like, whoa, what's going on here? And then you're like, well, Sean did have to vote for someone. But then I was also like, you're allowed to vote for yourself. So like, if you ask all them to vote for you, it's kind of shitty to throw a vote on someone else. Like D doesn't need to see your name up there. If you, if you want to go home and you want them to vote for you, vote for yourself. What are you doing? I don't know if you can though. I don't know if you you're can not vote, for to vote for yourself. I don't think so. I thought that's I think happened it's one before. of those. I thought that I thought it was one of those weird rules where you're not allowed to vote for yourself. I mean, you would know more than I, and definitely, I would go off you saying you're right, given the fact that he didn't vote for himself, because I was pretty taken aback by that. Of like, well, yeah, why I, wouldn't you? So, because I don't did Hannah but, vote for herself? Well, we didn't see the vote there. They did the hand hand yeah. raise. The actual. Um, quit yeah they were like i vote for does hannah's get labeled as a quit and sean's not and like whoever keeps stats for the chat i don't think so survivor jeff acknowledges sean's as a quit he um, does I was listening, okay yeah i was listening I to on fire be. yeah this morning this afternoon yeah um, i think that's yeah, fair he yeah and he said like he felt so they they always do interviews before tribal of like who you're voting for and you like it's all individual and like you go in one by one and blah 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 to say who you're voting for at least at the start so they have an idea of how that vote may go. Um, Does and, Jeff get have that info before he talks to them? I don't remember. Um, I feel like God, he's so impressive with what he digests in the moment. Yeah, like runs. Um, I, I like he's yeah. He That's said the way that he asked the question, like the way that he asked, like if this is it, like 
he he asks it a couple of times a season like he said it's it's not a big question like it obviously is like as far as what's your legacy but it's not a big question as far as jeff asking it right like it's just one of those things and he said when he asked sean that he felt that in that moment sean was like oh shit this is me and took it as if jeff had sort of like that slip jeff that it was yeah, yeah that it was going to be sean going well it's like um, dude but, you've been at the four tribals in a row and he's asked this at each one of the yeah. person and yeah. it hasn't always been the person going home like no i've mean, done like, it every time of like if all of you are kind of saying one name i'll let that person talk um but yeah i don't know yeah and my uh my friend Brittany, uh shout out to Brittany, had a really interesting thought in regards to how sean had voted as well for like because it was kind of weird that he voted for d um out of all the people that were on the beach um but he she said like could have been that when she kind of mouthed sifu to julie that sean either heard or saw that so he voted for d to kind of say d's the one who voted for sifu like d and sifu are the only votes that didn't come at me D was that one, especially when Sifu asked, did you vote for me? And he said, no, if he can't vote for himself, he voted for D, which means one of the three girls voted for Sifu. Yeah. That, which was very smart and adept of Sifu to make sure in that moment to like, I need this info and I'm able, I have one moment to get it. Like go give him a hug and ask him and do it discreetly. Cause I don't know. I don't know that anyone else picked up on that. Um, No, I don't think so. And probably not. And so yeah, that was good. Sean's gone. Lulu. Yep. We still may end up with no Lulu. We still may go six for six. Who knows? Uh, Emily and Caleb, look out. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're four for four right now. And uh, we will see where things head to the next week. But for now, let's move into the awards segment. Starting with quote of the episode, any nominees for the best quote or line of the episode, Mr. Tony? hundred percent. I sent it to the survivor player and she laughed at it. And I was like, it was already the quote of the episode, but now it absolutely is. And that would be Katura. Um, I wrote the whole quote down, which was you cracked your head. We all got sad and yay, your head's fixed. Um, <laughs> amazing. Like amazing and not malicious or anything like that. It was just fucking funny. Like I died. I like that. I I will concur that that's the best of the episode. The only other one I had down was Jake's. Uh, I got to be ready to jump ship and thank God I'm a good swimmer. And the the Boston, the last Boston comes out of Jake. Have it's all he is always has a yeah. Boston accent, but it gets thicker at different points. And when he's telling jokes, it gets really thick. And uh, the swimmer comes out real real yeah. happy. And then he la- he laughs at his own jokes a lot. And I love that. Yeah, which um, is so amazing. I yeah. adore Jake. He, he like, dies yeah. laughing at his own jokes <laughs> in confessionals. It's fantastic. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. With you. Yeah. I got to have fun out there. Um, and he's also, you know, in between seizures right now, which, uh, yeah. So, what the hell? Yeah. Which I'm not looking forward to talking about that next week. No. Uh, but he may be not totally coherent of mind. Um, not that any yeah. of them are because they've been starving for nine days now, but I'm a little nervous about what 
I don't know. We see something again in the next week on and same as last time we see him have a momentary seizure, it seems. And so yeah. we will obviously cover that next week when um, hopefully everything is as okay as it seemed to be after the first moment of that favorite yeah. moment of the episode for you, Mr. Tony Lance. Uh, the first on record, no dialogue confessional. Katura just shaking her head. Okay. After. <laughs> yeah. So after Bruce fakes that he lost yeah. the plant, Jesus, yeah. dude, that's not the joke to make. And oh it's hilarious. God. Especially that, to Caleb. Yeah. Um, it's hilarious that Katura has such a, you know, <laughs> feelings about it, that. She, it's her confessional they use in that moment. And it's not a yeah. like Caleb reaction of, <laughs> I don't like, I immediately don't like Bruce because he thought that would be funny for me. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, yeah, I, I, I had that down in yeah. conjunction with the earlier moment of the montage of Katura's, uh, you know, her Bruce <laughs> escapades, um, and that, that whole thing. And just that dynamic, I'm just, I can't wait to watch the fuse get to the end and the bomb to explode on whatever is going to occur, uh, between the two of them. I also had down, uh, Caleb's basketball reference. Cause again, I'm a, a basketball junkie. So I'm really, when he said it, I thought of you. Yeah. I knew it was, I knew it was going to show up some somewhere in this section. He's got so many more of those up his sleeve too. I can't wait to hear, to hear all of them, but I will, I had to uh, say that uh, Couture gets it for the shaking the head confessional. Yeah. Is that, you really think that's the first time there's been a no dialogue confessional? I can't think of... before. I mean, I'm sure it has, but nothing like jumps to mind. It's yeah. usually like somebody saying something and then and then like a deadpan after it but a yeah, deadpan like, yeah but okay. and even though i'm reasonably sure that that shaking her head was in conjunction with my quote because same same like posture same setting same everything but they chose to cut away do something else and then come back to it yeah yeah it's fantastic all right yeah. best gameplay I was struggling to figure out who I wanted to say for this until earlier when you explained to me the actual logic and smarts behind Jay wanting to get Sifu out and that that makes total sense now to protect those three. So I actually am going to say my best gameplay award would go to Jay, Maya, and to D, who is the uh, the convert to the idea of, yeah, if we want to if we want to protect the three of us, which is you know and it's just the most interesting dynamic too of jay maya not realizing that oh i wasn't working with those two until now and they are you know we didn't hadn't said that but i'm kind of i don't know if she's picking up on yet or not but slowly but surely realizing they weren't really planning on working with me until now the other two that they were working with are gone um so all of that is interesting and i actually think really good gameplay from her any other good gameplay stand out to you i'm gonna go with the rope um, with D, with retying the knot on the opposing oh, yeah. bag to then tie it back again. Brilliant. Um, and and also the like, the indexing of everything coming out of the bag and how that was placed in the bag, um, was just all top notch. And then of course, like you said, Jemaya, and being able to play that all through and knowing this is the opportunity where we have a buffer because next week we potentially won't if we get rid of Sean, um. Yeah, I mean, other than that, and I guess Drew and Austin, like, immediately recognizing that they need to make inroads with Emily before Brando and Kendra have the opportunity. So there was, there was kind of like a really standout moment in each tribe this week, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
as I was thinking of other good gameplay moments, I remembered something I thought about earlier in reference to Survivor and the challenge, and I want to ask you about it, but I will save it for the very end of this. So everyone stick around for yeah. this this huge rev, re, revelation <laughs> that I had. Yeah, uh, big, big question that I've got to ask you in a few minutes. Worst gameplay of the episode. Did any standout horrible gameplay? My award Sean would quitting. go to... Does, well, yeah, Sean quitting. Uh, that that wins. Sean quitting. Bad gameplay. Bad move. Asking yeah. everyone to vote for you. Not not a good strategy. Uh, saves Sifu from getting my vote because his see again. It's edited, uh, you know, way. And they obviously, when they're editing this, know that he's not ultimately going home, and they should maybe focus a little more on Sean. I don't know. It doesn't seem like he's trying very hard to stay in the know. Stay. And so yeah. I I I would do a little more if I was him in that situation. But yeah, Sean gets the worst gameplay. Obviously, who is your episode MVP? We came to an agreement for the first time ever last week. And I'm it's interested true. to see if we do again this week. Because I, at this exact moment, don't know who I'm about to say is my MVP. So you go first. I'm going to give it to Katura because she, she had my quote of the night. She had my moment of the night. She was the first one to go beyond surface level conversations with Caleb and really give him an inroad. Um, and considering he is the Canadian on the, the season and he's one of my favorites, I appreciate that. I like that they're working together. And it really was just a good episode for showcasing how she's playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm... We're, we're back to back where yeah, I'm going to go with you because when I don't have a, most episodes I have, like, it's obvious. And I'm just kind of like, Oh, of course it's this person. I don't even have to like look back at my notes, but uh, a little behind the scenes here, how I do my notes is after I have all my notes, you know, basically writing out everything that's happened in the episode. And then when I go to fill in my awards for each episode, I bold any any quotes or moments right. or gameplays or whatever, any things that would be a factor or a nominee for a vote. And so when I'm ever torn on the MVP, I always just scroll through and like who shows up the most and any bolded things. And Katura shows up by far the most in the items that I bolded to be nominees for things this episode. So we're Perfect. back to back. We're getting on the same page with what the MVP means. That's wonderful. All right. So. Those are the awards. Let's head to the final portion of this pod, the power rankings predictions and my new theory slash revelation for Tony. Yes. Power rankings first before my riveting question that I'm building up way too much. Although I am really excited uh, about uh, uh, putting it to you and seeing what your thoughts are on it. But first our power rankings, has there been any change to your power rankings from last week into this week with the new tribes and everyone in their new spots? Yes. Okay. Let's hear it. So I have Caleb, Emily, D Katura Kelly. Okay. Say that one more time. Caleb, Emily, D, Katura, Kelly. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. We continue to be four out of five of the same. <laughs> and it's always like a different person that we don't necessarily have the same. Uh, which, which were you reading that five to one or one to five, or is that just your top five? Uh, one, to, one to five. It was, it's kind of like top five that moves around a little bit, but like, like I tend to write it down and then while we're talking, I sort of reformat into a one to five. So you have D at the top or Caleb? At the no, top? Uh, Caleb, then Emily, okay. then D, then Katura, then Kelly. 
I have D at the top still for, I believe the third, if not the all four weeks at this point, I like where she has ended up in this new group. And even though, yes, she is now made an enemy uh, going into the next episode, I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. She made the best enemy she could make. Yeah. She made the enemy that I think is going to be pretty easy to, uh, to either flip to her side somehow, some way, or it just, it won't matter. And it'll be, it'll all be fine. And then I've got Caleb and Emily, who I think went from, you know, not a good situation to really good situations in this episode. And then I'm keeping Kelly on there and I'm adding Jake who was not on it before, but I, he seems to be so far. He gets every time we see him, he's getting along really well with the new person. And then the the new, new person is liking him. And you know, not making big moves or being targeted, but like, just there's another person that Jake likes. And now, you know, he's like three for three or four for four. And like, every time we see him in a one-on-one scenario, it's someone being like, Oh, I hadn't considered before, or this is the first time, but like, yeah, that that's, you know, we should work together or whatever. So I think he's got to be on there as well. Any, I don't have any big prediction questions for you next week. So I guess we could go with the tried and true. Who do you think ends up at tribal council next week? and or who is the most entertaining if they end up at tribal council next week. Most entertaining Nulu, most likely Reba. Most entertaining Nulu, because I would say most entertaining would be uh, Reba is the 2-2-1 tribe, right? Uh, no, Reba. Or Bella, yeah. So I think Bella's Bello, most, entertaining, yeah. most interesting and entertaining. So I'm going based off of the Bruce and Katura like... Oh uh, yeah, you're Showdown. right. That we do. I don't know because though. Because Bruce is starting to catch wind of it. Do we want that to actually? Do we want to I drag don't... that out as long as we can? Because it reminds kind of. me, it's a very different dynamic to some degree, or like the reasons they don't like each other, or whatever. Actually, it isn't honestly that different than uh, who was Gabler's nemesis on his tribe? Uh, what was her Ellie. name? Ellie. Yeah, God, Ellie was great. Again, we need she was. we need more Ellies around again. Um, I had high hopes Emily could be more of an Ellie than turning out to be an Emily. Um, it's still amazing, but just, you know, again, not the villain that I was hoping for, but, uh, there is a little, a little bit of that going on there, a more extreme version, honestly, of that, yeah. like a little more forthright with <laughs> disdain. And I liked that that took a couple episodes to ultimately play out. And that, and I, when it did happen, I was like, damn it, I wanted it to go further. Like I wanted, I wanted that to hang around for even longer so i kind of i'm i'm more down for the one of them deciding and by one of them obviously katura deciding we gotta lose and like talking you know two episodes (laughs) from now being like caleb hey we should lose right like we need to get rid of bruce before a merge or anything like we should lose i want that scenario to happen and to get a little more (laughs) every day on the that those two have to be on a beach together is a day of entertainment for us so um sorry sorry to her that i'm rooting for that but uh, i'm here for entertainment so i i'm hoping for bello to go i want to see emily be be put in that swing position and get to use all of the new skills uh, that she has acquired slash grown into on this season. And uh, just, you know, the kind of obvious, the team that is the most mixed up would be the most interesting to see what happens to them. All right. I've got a random thing to ask you now. I will ask you now. So uh, this is mostly related to Survivor, although it is going to start with a challenge reference. So for anyone listening, this is still very Survivor related. 
on Survivor, they are notorious for being an amazing operation. And one of the many things that they do really amazingly is they try to make everything as fair as possible by like adjusting for height or weight on different types of obstacles and things. And on Challenge USA 1, that was one of a, a plethora of deserved criticisms from cast members, most notably Tyson, because he you know had the biggest platform to do so. But all of them were in unison like... Hey, like we didn't know the rules, things weren't fair. And on, and like one of many things they pointed to is like on Survivor, they like would do things like, you know, I'm six two and that's five six, and this involves looking over a fence. So they would like adjust that to be fair or whatever. And I was like, that makes sense. You should do that. And now on Challenge <laughs> USA 2, they have been doing that repeatedly over and over. And, you know, I and many others have been like, good job, good job, Challenge. Yep. That's really wonderful. I had a random thought though last night during the USA two finale when they, the first thing they had to do was carry the four big chests up a little hill. And they say the weights of the chest are proportional to your body weight. And at first glance, I'm like, okay, like that's fair or whatever, I guess. But then the first thought I had is it is fair, but it isn't like some hundred percent fair thing because it is still like, like a five foot six, 140 pound person can still bench press 225 pounds. And it's like cool as hell, but you see it happen all the time with like short (laughs) athletes that are like, I can bench press three times my body weight or whatever squat, like four times my body weight. And it still is probably a little bit of a disadvantage that someone like Fessy is like, well, I weigh 50 pounds more than all the other (laughs) dudes. And so like now my shit's heavier, but like, they're just as strong as me. Like they work out just as much, whatever. So I started to think like, is it ultimately that fair? But the other thing I thought of that then came up when watching the survivor episode was, you know what they don't adjust for? They can't adjust for what about when Brando gets to dig, dig the hole underneath the log and squirm out of the log. And on the other mm-hmm. side, like Caleb or Bruce has to do it. And it's like, that's, you're not adjusting for that. And like, you never, there's actually a lot of times on survivor or yeah. the challenge or anything where like being small is good. How many times on survivor is it like when you referenced earlier, you know, they're in a cage or they have to move through some obstacle course or whatever, where you're like, you don't want to be tall. You don't want to be big. You want to be really small and be able to maneuver between this stuff. And they don't. They don't adjust for that. Be like True. small person. You have three extra wires in your obstacle course to get through because Caleb's head's going to hit the one and yours isn't or whatever. And so I started thinking that maybe they don't, maybe I'm not as fully on board with the, like, you've got to adjust everything uh, the, outside yeah. of the, the height one is the ones that make the most sense to me. And I think is actually truly making something hundred percent fair of like, if you need to look over something, we give, you know, on the challenge USA, they had the little trampoline to jump over something. And they were like, we made it all. So you all have to jump the same height to be able to see over whatever. I think height ones like in that manner are the only ones I think are actually a hundred percent making something fair. And I think there's an argument on both sides of pretty much everything else of like, are you actually making it more fair? Or are you just sliding the scale of like, who is it most closer to being fair for or unfair for? Um, yeah, I would crazy for this. No, I would, I would extend beyond height. I would also say the ones where you're not lifting something, you're just like holding something, mm-hmm. um, would also be like proportional to your weight. Like that makes sense. Um, or like there's somewhere you have to stand on a certain thing, but if you got like, if you're like D and you got big toes, then like she could 
yeah like I'm fucked. That the one the one yeah. challenge where i've seen like do a couple stand. times in modern where they're in in the water on the like triangle thing with the little line yeah. on either side and you're saying i have really big feet and really crooked big toes so i quite literally couldn't stand on that thing without it moving for one second i would be like yeah i lose because of my feet like this is bullshit yeah and i don't see you adjusting this for my messed up big feet over here jeff so yeah i don't know i just i was i've been thinking about that as i watched these yeah. couple episodes it's like you can't actually make all of these fair and I might even start to reconsider some of the one adjustments that have been made before and be like, are all of these actually making it more fair? Or are they just sliding who might have an advantage or who is more probable to have an advantage or not? And yes, yeah. this is ultimately just me feeling bad that I was like, how is Fessy losing this first fucking challenge? God damn it. Well, uh, I, I mean, bad, like that night fan club last night. I look at it. Um, so for example, like the advantages sometimes aren't, aren't really advantages either. Like, um, I will always go back to Malcolm's first season. Um, he got an advantage where he could restart the the immunity challenge if he lost. And it one where you have like a ball bearing and it's sitting on a piece of wood and you've got the two connectors on either side and you're putting pressure on it to keep it there. But just as a person, when Malcolm gets nervous, his hands shake. Like he yeah. shakes when he gets like, nervous. This doesn't help me. I'm not so he said, like, I could I have a second try. I could have 50 do overs. Yeah. When it gets to a certain point, my nerves are going to get the best of me and I'm not winning this. Like, it does not matter. So he won the advantage in the game, but the advantage in the game didn't really ultimately matter because of what the game happened to be. There was no way for him to win that just because of how, how he responds to anxiety. Um, so it's those ones are really interesting where, like, the argument the argument can be made for like um when Brandon passed out, so they put him in the shade with water. So then they last were like well, every- Brandon for, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, last yeah. season's Brandon. Yeah. So that everybody got shade and water. So there was another one, I think it was on forty one. Voce was talking about it where they all got sunscreen because one person needed sunscreen. So then everybody had to get sunscreen because that made it fair for everyone Yeah, that they weren't dealing with sunburns later. So in that sort of thing, like totally get it. I like, as far as an, as like those sort of things and removing, removing a definitive advantage and sort of, and trying to level the playing field, I understand, but I agree with you. Like there are people who like, I've got a fair amount of upper body strength but like I'm five four, but and lift a fair amount, just yeah because I can. So I wouldn't have as much of an issue potentially as somebody who could be taller than me, but I might not have as much upper body strength. Yeah, it's uh yeah I don't know it's just been an interesting thing I've been thinking about that yeah. I still applaud obviously Survivor for do trying their best to make it as fair as possible and most of the time it uh, works but I just I I previously had held the full opinion of like yeah this is bullshit that the challenge doesn't attempt to do any of this stuff and like they should and it's all good and then I started started realizing that. The, there is no way to do it for everything in the right way yeah. every time. And that maybe some of the ways they're doing it actually backfire in some small ways. And it was mostly watching Brando uh, crawl, easily crawl his way out of the, uh, the under the thing. Or I was like, well, yeah, damn, that's, there's no way to fix that one. You need no, a really, but they chose skinny, too, right? a really skinny person. Like just because the- it was, they had Kelly and they had Julie. So they got their skinniest person to do it. 
Yeah. But if you like, what if you managed to fluke a tribe of all Jonathan Youngs? Yeah. Like nobody well, is getting even, out of that. Kelly and, and Julie are, you know, skinny fit women, but like Brando is a twig at this point. Yeah. Like he is, it, it, you do not have to dig a very big hole to push him through that thing as they did not have to. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's advantages everywhere for all different types of people in all different types of settings, which is the beauty of Survivor. So totally. we will end on that. Um, just the, anything else coming from challenge fandom this weekend or in the next week, or just the, uh, the episode uh, recap eventually. And then I'm assuming you guys are obviously moving right into 39 coverage as well when that kicks off. Yep. So I think we're just putting the finishing touches on the 39 breakdown and then we've got recording the recap tomorrow. So it'll go out um, early next week and then right back into recording again. Uh, once the two shows that the most people watch when it comes to reality television are on the same night at the same time. Yes. Which I already uh, I'm sorry, Survivor fans, but obviously this this might be Survivor Historian, but it's on the Challenge Historian feed. And this week, I uh, it was the first week where it was like, okay, not allowed to be on Twitter because Survivor's coming second. And that was when I also realized that I was like, oh, I forgot Survivor's 90 minutes too. And when I queue it yeah. up an hour later than I otherwise would have, it's like, damn, okay, I'm in for a later night. But in the future, thankfully, we don't try to record right after Survivor on yes, Wednesday. So true. I will I will in the future be watching Survivor first thing Thursday mornings because I will be podcasting after the challenge episodes on Wednesday night. So anyone listening, feel free to DM me or Tori uh, or Tony. Geez, now I'm really on the challenge <laughs> stuff um, about Survivor, but don't yes. do it till the next morning from here on out the rest of the season. Well, or I just won't look at my messages until the next <laughs> morning. That's probably the better way to go about it. All right, wonderful. We will be back next week. Sometime again, as always, sometime between Thursday and Tuesday after the episode airs, uh, I think we'll be able to get in a pretty good rhythm and maybe making Fridays uh, more often than not. Yeah. So you'll hopefully have them over the weekend more often than not. But uh, it was wonderful chatting, Survivor, as always, Tony. I look forward to uh, checking in again next week.